This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is episode 57, although it's going to be labeled episode 56. Uh, the, the previous episode, I accidentally labeled it 57 when it was supposed to be 56, but I cannot go back and make the adjustment. So it's going, I'm going to make a note in the show note that it's out of sequence. This is actual, actually episode 57. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation 
of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. So, the, to uh, the topic for this episode is going to be called Why Theology is the Key to the Faith. And the reason I'm doing this particular episode is because um, I'm going to start with myself. When I first became a Protestant um, back in 2001, um, I, I went into Protestant Protestantism cold I came in with the ignorant belief that of this generalized Christianity and that Protestants and Catholics were all Christian and um, basically doctrine was and by the way when I say this even though I was speaking out of ignorance I had done some research. Now, obviously, if you're living for 35 years and, you know, you're basically a pagan and know nothing about Christianity, um, you know, even if you spend a week reading, you know, six or seven books, that's six or seven books. Um, Christianity is so deep that you could read uh, thousands of books in your lifetime and still only scratch the surface. Just as a generalist disclaimer, though, when I use the word um, Christianity, I'm talking about Catholicism. I'm not talking about Protestantism, and I'm definitely not talking about Vatican II. But when I joined that, uh, uh, went into Protestantism, I thought that doctrine was not essential to your salvation. That faith was essential to your salvation. And so that if you had, um, if you had faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and if you believed in Him, and you wanted to be like Him, that that was good enough for salvation. And... <laughs> The church I was going to, um, these these were these were some old. When I say old, I don't mean like they were old people. I mean they they they'd been Protestants the majority of their life. And when I was talking to one of the members, I was telling her, "Well, you know, um, I." You know, I, I feel terrible and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, look, you don't serve God on your feelings. You serve Him in truth. And that had to have been God because pro most Protestants aren't taught that. Now, granted, this was the early 2000s, but most Protestants are taught to serve on their feelings, not on their intellectual assent. And... It was funny. I don't know if I mentioned this or not. I don't think I did. But my pastor took a liking to me and he allowed me to give like a little 
won't call it a sermon, but he, he allowed me to give a little talk. And basically, I was saying that uh, in, in my talk, I, I was saying how people were so tied up in the doctrine that they were missing the larger issue of faith. And I literally stated in that talk that doctrine doesn't save you, faith does. Fast forward, uh, almost, almost uh, no, fast forward 20 years, and it turns out I was wrong. And my pastor, after I said that, had to correct my error. He did so very charitably. He's a very nice man, very sweet guy. Um, however, it's not an either-or proposition. You need faith, but you also need doctrine. Um, the doctrine is so that uh, St. Paul in one of his epistles, I think it was 1 Corinthians, states that you should be able to give a reason for your faith. As a matter of fact, I think that lady from my church actually explained that to me. Um, and... She's right, obviously, for the wrong reasons, being Protestant, but she is right. So the doctrine is important in so that you know what the correct faith is. And having that correct doctrine will teach you how to grow in the true faith correctly. However, you do need faith as well, because without faith... You can't grow spiritually. Not only can you not grow spiritually, but without... And when I say faith, at least in the pre-Vatican II Catholicism version of it, it has two meanings. Faith, number one, is in what pre-Vatican II Catholicism teaches, but faith also refers that you have faith, hope, confidence and love that Lord Jesus and His Blessed Mother are going to take care of you when everything seems to be going to crap around you. To use a military metaphor, your faith is when you're in an isolated position with, say, three of your comrades and you're holding off a human wave attack, and your faith is the artillery strike that you call in that destroys the human wave attack and keeps you guys safe for the time being. That's, that's the meta military metaphor I wanted to use on that. Now, the reason I'm using this particular topic is Oh, I want to say about two or three weeks ago, I was on my way to work, and uh, I, this, I'm assuming the young man was homeless because he was, I have to cross like a major street to get to work, and he was sitting in America, we have like these medians in the middle of the road, They're, they stick up about six inches and they divide the lanes. And he was sitting on the median with a sign. I didn't see what the sign said, but I looked at his, his shirt. And his t-shirt said something like, 
something to the effect, oh, I'm hated, I'm despised, but God loves me, who cares? And I like that sign. And I, just by looking at the young man, I could tell he was not Catholic. And I carry a green scapular on me. And I tried to give him the green scapular. Unfortunately, he's one of these Protestants who, because in America we're taught from our mother's milk that the Catholic Church is the whore of Babylon, blah, 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 blah. And he, he was a hardcore version of that. And he was a very polite young man. He basically explained to me, he's like, look, you know, you guys worship Mary. And, you know, he gave me the usual Protestantisms. And when he said that we worship Mary, my first reaction was to just tell him God bless and go my way. But for the sake of charity, I tried to reason with him. And so I asked him, well, what do you believe? I said, you're Protestant. And that the first thing he said, first words out of his mouth, oh, no, 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 I'm not Protestant. We're non-denominational. And then I tried to explain to him, well, do you believe in soul, uh, Bible alone, faith alone, and the priesthood of all believers? Oh, no, 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 that's doctrine stuff. That's doctrine stuff. I said, yeah, but does your pastor teach it? Well, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're not like Lutherans or Baptists. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're our own church. And I tried to explain to him, I said, well, that's the basis for Protestant theology. You guys may think that you're not affiliated with any quote-unquote Protestant denomination, but if you believe in those three things, that's the basis for Protestantism. So whether you know it or not, you're actually a Protestant. And he, he tried to explain to me how I was wrong, and at the end of the day I realized, you know, unfortunately the Lord's going to have to reach him, because I wasn't. So I wished him God bless and I went on my way. And I wasn't mad at the young man. I mean, I, I wasn't even, oh, I don't know, I, mildly annoyed or any of that. I actually understood where he was coming from because what he said, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot, thank you, Lord Jesus. I forgot to mention one of the things he said was, you need faith to get saved. And then he gave me the usual Protestant nonsense about, oh, Jesus alone, Jesus alone, Jesus alone. You need faith, you need faith. And when he said that, I flashed back to when I first became a Protestant which also led to the realization of just how much God had been involved in my life. But since I'm trying to practice the, the theology of divine providence, this, you know, he had it in his hands all along. You know, I'm, I'm the one that's catching up to him. Or, not literally, of course, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm catching up to the idea. And so, 
I went away and I just, I felt I, I, I could recognize myself in that young man because, and by the way, I, I don't think that that young man was a new uh, Protestant. I, I think he'd been a Protestant for a long time because he had all the Protestant talking points down pat. Whereas when I joined Protestant, I did it cold. I knew nothing about Protestantism. As far, uh, or I'm sorry, Christianity. As far as I was concerned, Protestantism and Catholicism were both Christianity. But I felt bad for him. And during our conversation, when I tried to explain to him how the whole concept behind one faith, one truth, one baptism. And in order to have that, you need to have theology. Because he kept insisting, oh, no, 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 you don't need theology. That, that's all Catholic. That's all Catholic stuff. We don't believe in that. And I tried to explain to him, like the young lady when I was a Protestant, tried to explain to me about the line in St. Paul where he says, literally, you have to have a reason for your faith. And part of, the re uh, part of this topic is the reason why theology, and I, I still stand by what I've said in previous episodes, theology is not the end all. What I mean by that is, is having the right, the right theology does not get you into heaven. You have to live the theology, and not only live the theology, but you also have to use the faith aspect to grow closer to God. They're not mutually exclusive. They work together. But as my favorite podcaster on YouTube says, we as Americans, we tend to be black and white thinkers, and it's either one or the other. It's not both. That's not how Catholicism works. Catholicism works... Um, when I say Catholicism, I'm not talking about the Vatican II LARPers. I'm talking about true Catholicism. Um, there's, there's not an either-or. It's both. And I've stated on previous episodes how um, the Catholic Church has always taught that you shouldn't take either extreme in a theological position, but try to meet your uh, reach a middle ground in your beliefs. And a lot of people, or I should say a lot of Americans get it twisted. I, and by the way, I'm including myself in this. Because when I, first, when I first started on my journey as a Protestant, I was thinking, well, no, it's got to be faith. You know, I was like that kid. Oh, no, no, you need faith. This doctrine stuff is just, you know, it's confusing. It's a time waster. As long as I love Jesus, I'm good to go. And just like the right doctrine will not get you into heaven, you could love Jesus till the cows come home. But... Unless you have his grace, and by the way, if you have his grace, you're not 
going to be in the wrong religion. I mean, you may start out that way, but you're going to move on. But, you know, loving Jesus and praying and fasting and all that other stuff, if, if you don't if you don't have the correct understanding, because that's what doctrine is all about, the correct understanding, not just of God's nature itself, but about a correct relationship with God. And as Americans, as I said earlier, we tend to be black or white thinkers. It's either only faith or only doctrine, and even the Protestants in America that, you know, get it kind of right and say, well, you need both because they're Protestants. They got their right before the wrong reasons. You know, they still think that you, you're entitled to interpret God's, God's holy word as you will. You get to interpret your own uh, faith as you will. And that every... You know, every believer is on the same level, which is also heretical. Uh, um, for those of you who want to listen to the heirs of Protestantism, I, episode six is three-part series dedicated to talking about the heirs of Protestantism. But doctrine is absolutely, I mean, like I said, it's, it's not the end all, but without proper doctrine, until you get the proper doctrine through God's grace. Now, I'm not presuming to talk for anybody but myself, because I've been accused of presumption. My, in my experience, that is what happened, was that my evolution and my understanding came through stages. It came through stages. As God gave me more grace, I was able to, to navigate the different stages to get to this point where I am at this present moment. Which is to say, you know, and I, I don't want to rehash old old episodes, I know I reference them sometimes, but I'm not here to do that, but being a pre-Vatican pre II Catholic in in doctrine but not trying to get closer to Jesus Christ and His Blessed Mother and not putting that, that, that doctrine into practice in your day-to-day -day life is no more going to get you into heaven than say you're a Protestant and you're you're praying five times a day, you're fasting, you're doing all that other stuff, but you don't have the correct understanding of Jesus. Not to be the dead horse, they're not mutually exclusive. They work together. You need to have both. And I, I'm pretty sure I covered this in a previous episode, but if I haven't, or if I only mentioned it in passing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into a little more detail. Um, I said in my my uh, 
one of my episodes on the spiritual life that, and I was, I think this was mainly directed at said Vacantis, I was telling them that if you're not putting your faith into practice and you're not praying, you're not fasting, you know, you're not mortifying, mortifying your flesh, um, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I, uh, it might have been the same episode, it might have been a different one. I told Protestants flat out because I, I mentioned Mary and I said, uh, I, I've been a Protestant, so I know how you guys react to Mother Mary like a uh, starving junkyard dog reacts to a live chicken. You want to rip it apart and basically scatter the body parts all over the yard. I said, without understanding how Mary plays in Jesus' salvific plan and not recognizing that the Catholic Church was Jesus' original church that he founded, you could take the advice that I give in that episode, it's not going to do you any good. And it's, at least in my experience, it wouldn't have. Um, now, um, when I was a Protestant, I didn't necessarily hate the Mother Mary. I just thought that the Catholics made a mistake and um, put too much emphasis on her. And, but I wasn't hostile. But it, let's just say, going back to 2001, if some Catholic had handed me a rosary with a little pamphlet on how to pray it, because I didn't have the understanding of how the rosary works, how Mother Mary plays into God's spiritual, uh, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus' spiritual plan, it wouldn't have done me any good. Even, I could have prayed that rosary every day for, I think I was a Protestant for three years. I don't think I would have gotten any better. Because I did not under, I, I would not have understood the theology that lies behind the rosary. And so, um, without the correct doctrine, um, well, I'll, I'll just go back to what I said earlier about what Bishop Sanborn mentioned, that it's not either extreme. It, you try to meet in the middle. You don't want doctrine to the neglect of faith, and you don't want faith to the neglection of doctrine. They work hand in hand, especially in the pre-Vatican II church, uh, Catholic Church. Especially in that. They're meant to be... Uh, Compatible with each other. So, what I'm saying is, is, is that without, it doesn't, well, 
I'm just going to speak from my own experience. I started off from one extreme to face, you know, literally following Luther's dictum of faith alone to understanding even very dimly that no, actually, and I came to this understanding as I grew as a Protestant, if that makes sense. Quite frankly, just saying it makes my hair stand up on end. But it is true. As I grew in, in, um, in the spiritual life, um, I understood that my initial... And it was... Honestly speaking, my my error was from the uh, unbridled enthusiasm of a new convert. And it took a little experience to realize that what that lady at my first church taught me was absolutely correct. That correct doctrine is the key. Uh, well, not the key. I'm sorry. Um, it's... the. the like I said, faith and doctrine go together. And I got to that realization. And when I got to that realization, I started taking a harder look at Protestant theology. And I've covered this in previous episodes, so I don't, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I'm just like, well, if, it, if, it's, if it's one truth, one faith, one baptism... Why are there 40,000 different brands of uh, Protestantism? And then, um, because I'd been ignorant when I joined the Protestant church, I wasn't necessarily wedded to it as a theology. And I, I joined the Vatican II sect not because I thought that they were theologically more rigorous or correct, but because the branch of Protestantism I was in at that time was pretty strict. And I couldn't, I couldn't maintain the doctrinal standards of, of holiness. And I probably meant to say this in an earlier episode and probably forgot, this is this was God's divine providence pushing me along my path of growth because I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize it till much later that the reason I could not practice what is uh, the 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 Protestant denomination of Pentecostalism was because they want holiness, but because they're based on a faulty theology. They don't have the spirit and the power of God behind them. So, the things that they, that, that they uh, teach, that they want their followers to do, are impossible unless they were had God's power and spirit behind them. Now, I'm sure maybe some Protestants are going to listen and say, oh, but I do this, this, and this, and da-da-da-da. Okay, well, you're still wrong. Okay? I mean, maybe 
maybe you feel like, you know, some, some things have happened in your life. And I'm not trying to tell you that you're wrong about that. Maybe they have. What I'm saying, though, is, is, and I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. If your experience is different or whatever, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not you. I'm me. And in my experience was, was oh, I definitely made some short-term advancements as a person. But they didn't last. And that goes back to when Jesus um, was giving a, uh, a, a parable, and I'm not sure if it was to the apostles and the disciples or to his, just his, his listeners, but he talks about building your house upon a rock. And I have talked about the, him talking about a rock it's not accidental. It's very on purpose because Peter's name translated is rock. And because he was going to found his church with Peter as its head, he was saying, a wise man goes to the church that I establish, whereas an ignorant or foolish man goes to a church of his own choosing and he likened it to uh, in the parable he said it's like a man who builds his house on, on sand the winds and the rains and the waves come and they knock the house down now that could be used in two ways one the state of Protestantism in general at, in present day or two the spiritual life of the average Protestant, even if they're sincere, that they may make some short-term gains. And by the way, I'm not speaking for all Protestants. I'm only speaking from my experience. When you're sincere in your beliefs, even if you're wrong, and you're trying to do the right thing, at least in my experience, when trials and tribulations come your way, you collapse like a sandcastle. You literally, well, I'll say I collapse like a sandcastle. And it was because I didn't have the grounding, number one, of um, Jesus Christ's power and spirit coming from his one true church. So, I, you know, I would, you know, it was always two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward and one step back to the point where I got so desperate, I joined what I thought was the Catholic Church because I was looking at the average Catholic back then and I'm like, well... These guys obviously aren't serious about their religion. Now, I know that's a gross overstatement and generalization. I'm just telling you what I honestly thought at the time. As a matter of fact, when I went to talk to the local parish priest in the town where I was living, I told him that because that's just who I am. 
I told him, I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you guys and you guys aren't even practicing what you supposedly believe in. And he was very charitable and he was very nice and he just said, well, just give it a chance and see how it works out. Once again, God's divine providence. Because if, well, God, I'm God's creature, so whatever would have happened to me or may have happened to me, if it was His providence, it would have happened anyway. But from that step into the Vatican II sect, I eventually got to set of a contest. So, that's why direct, or I'm sorry, that's why correct doctrine is important. But like I said, you have to have the pre-Vatican II, uh, pre II Catholic Church understanding that doctrine goes hand in hand with faith. They work together. And if you're missing any of those key elements, and by the way, I'm sure that if any Protestants listen to this, they're going, well, I have faith in God. And it's like, yeah, you may have faith in God, but it's based on a bad theology, which is what I've been trying to say in a long-winded way for the past five minutes. If you're following the wrong theology, you're, you know, you're not going to advance unless God in His divine providence gives you the grace to make that leap like He did me. Um, not not to get too self-referencing uh, uh, here, but you know, over the past couple of days, I mean, I I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode. I'd had flashes here and there, just God working, and then over the past two days, I realized that he literally saved me from my, my own ignorance and willfulness and obstinacy. If I had been left into my own devices, I might still be a Protestant. If I had been left in my own devices, I might still be a Vatican II segment. But each time, he used his direct intervention. And when I say direct, I'm not talking about a road to Damascus moment where Saul got knocked off of his donkey and was blinded. But I had, you know, I had a, uh, what we say in America, come to Jesus moment where I realized, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. And just in closing, because I think I've pretty much said what needs to be said, An honest and sincere desire of the truth. And once again, I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, in my experience, my sincere and honest desire to find the truth and practice it to the best of my abilities is what helped me well, I'm, I'm not claiming to know God's mind, but it's my thought that that's what helped me to 
uh, for God to move me along. Because I did want to practice the correct religion and I wanted to have the correct relationship with Him in truth and spirit. And so that's, what he, that's how He helped me along and get to where I am now. And because, as I said earlier in an earlier episode, the spiritual life is just like your, your physical life. You mature, hopefully, as you grow. So, Lord willing, I'm definitely right now, right now, not the same person I was a year ago. And Lord willing, I won't be the same person a year from now that I am right now. I would really like to see some massive improvement in my spiritual life. But um, the reason I mention that point is, is, is that a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people miss the point that if the if if finding the, the the God's truth, and by the way, I said in an early episode, Jesus Christ is literally the truth, then it doesn't matter if you're an agnostic, it doesn't matter if you're a Protestant, it doesn't matter if you're Eastern Orthodox, it doesn't matter if you're Vatican II, Buddhist, Hindu, whatever. If you're, if you're sincere in, in your desire for the truth, you know, um, God will help you. But as I never get tired of saying, you have got to allow yourself to accept the grace that God has given you and take that grace wherever it may lead you. You know, if you have to lose friends, family, a position at work, um, you know, be killed for your belief, be jailed for your belief, that's called carrying your cross. And because Jesus carried his cross so that we might have a shot at this, I don't find it unreasonable that we have to carry our own cross in order to follow him so that, you know, even, even if you um, are afraid of hell, that's still a good enough reason to, to try to get into heaven. Now, Lord willing, you'll grow from the fear of hell and actually form a bond with Jesus and his blessed mother. But, um... There's nothing wrong with looking for the truth because you you believe that hell actually exists and if hell actually exists then heaven must exist and so you don't want to go to hell so you're looking for the truth so that you don't go to hell. There's nothing wrong with that. And he and Jesus Christ and his blessed mother will lead you to him. So, I think that's it. Um, I hope and pray you guys got something out of this. 
I really do. And if any of my listeners um, listen to this and they think that I'm just some, I don't know, wild man spouting off of the jibs, um, you gave me 40 minutes of your time. You can think I'm Charles Manson or Jeffrey Dahmer combined. If you gave me 40 minutes of your time, I ain't going to say boo to that. I appreciate it. Even if you think I'm a crazy person, I don't care. And as I never get tired of saying, um, for what it's worth, I pray for everyone. I really do want as many people to get to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.